It's a super sad episode. We're not going to make it our hardest. Okay, go ahead. We're not. So before we get into everything, how are aside from all that other stuff? How are you all doing? Yeah, all the other stuff is so much, but I was going to say that I'm hopeful today. School is about to start. I'm excited because I'm getting my child out of the house, and that brings me nothing but joy at this point (laughs) in my life. I can't. I'm so sorry. Did I say that out loud? How does she feel? Huh? How does she feel about that? She's excited too. She was starving for social interaction with other kids. And so really we were doing this because she agreed, to be honest with you. I did the the, uh, Caucasian thing and asked my child her opinion. That's not a Caucasian thing. That's uh, a very adult thing. That's healthy. That's a good thing. Black people need to start breaking that stigma of because I said so. Like, we need to start having conversations with our children. I still say I, because I said so. I do do that. Okay. But when it came to this, I did. Uh, we had a, a conversation. And so, you know, it was really kind of why we did it because she was agreeable to it. And so, you know, just changing schools, period. You know what I'm saying? So I think she would have wanted to go in person, but she didn't want to change schools. This was the only way that she can go in person. So we're excited about that. I think, you know, we're starting to see the seasons change. I'm getting somewhat excited about that because it really hasn't felt like a real summer. So let's go ahead and get to the fall. Let's get to the sweatpants season and the rest. (laughs) And then like everything else happened. But okay, Shug, how do you feel? So I feel like I've been in a weird headspace this week like Monday I took off from work only because I just wasn't feeling it like with everything that's been going on like I just need a day to just be and not be on social media like I'm actually thinking about taking a social media fast um for the month of September maybe even for the rest of the year just because I feel like every time you turn on the TV or you get on Instagram or you get on Facebook, there's another incident of somebody being shot by the police or somebody's dying and another protest. And I just feel like it's just not healthy right now. So a little down, but we'll we'll talk a bit more about why coming up later. Gotcha. So before I talk about how I'm feeling, I sort of want to do... I guess like a disclaimer or like a response from our last episode. I know I didn't tell y'all I was gonna do this. And it's nothing You major. see I'm like this, huh? <laughs> right, like what what is this? What we about to do? It's not major. No, it's um, nothing that you all did. It's something I did. So when I was talking to Ashley about or let me back up, when she was talking 
about coming from a single parent household and funding college and things like that. And I also mentioned that I grew up in a single parent household. I didn't want it to seem like I was trying to one up her. That wasn't my intent. I think that I was trying to sort of connect and show that we were similar. And when I went back and listened to the episode, I don't think it came off that way. It came off that way to me. I heard her say that. Mm-hmm. I, I understood exactly what you were saying because it's like, we can't say that that's the reason. But like you said, like she said, every family is different. Right. We all came from single parent homes. Except you for Suge. Suge lost her father, well, later. Right, um, but right. they were divorced, right, Suge? No, so, no, they were still Oh, they were di- oh so never mind. You didn't come from where we come from. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, what that's what I'm saying. Right. So you didn't come from where we come from. But no. you know, like with <laughs> Elle and I, our parents did get a divorce. Right, My right. parents got divorced later. You know, I was probably like in fourth grade. But no, I totally got what you were saying because it's not just a single parent home situation, right. but then there's other components. So no, no, no. To me, I took it, I understood exactly where you were coming from. Okay. And I thought that was an excellent episode. Listeners, if you haven't checked it out, please check out our, even our last, hell, all of our episodes, but True definitely story. 49 and 50. I think we're just amazing. The conversation and the level of guests we had on, but go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, so great. I'm glad you understood what I was saying. So I just want to make sure that our listeners understood too. So how am I feeling? Honestly, a little overwhelmed because this last week has been a lot of professional development with trying to get ready for the school year to start in a few days. I'm going to be honest, it's a lot like going through all of the things that our district wants us to do with online learning since we're going to be 100% virtual, at least for the first nine weeks. And with everything that they want us to use, the things that they want us to teach with our students, how they want us to do attendance, how they want us to to do grades. You know, that's like one hat that I wear in the building. The other hat is as far as like admissions goes and trying to get that ready and making sure that it's in line and we can still be effective when we're trying to share all the good things about my school with people who may be interested in attending. So It's just a lot, and I'm trying not to overthink it, but it's been a little draining this week, being on trainings and videos. The good thing has been seeing my coworkers, you know, since everyone's been off for the summer. Well, they have been off. I have still been working. (laughs) I'm a 12-month employee. I'm tired of Zoom meetings. Like, when I say I'm so over it, (laughs) so over it. But, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So you all got this news before I did. But I'm really sad to hear about Chadwick Boseman. Like, that really hurt my heart. You know, aside from being from South Carolina, like me, and aside, oop, don't do it, Suge, don't do it. <laughs> you know she was going to throw that hometown. You know I was, you know she was. <laughs> but, you, and he also was an HBCU grad. He went to mm-hmm. Howard. And how, I think, fitting is it that he gave the commencement speech? That was last year, right? Or was that two years ago? I can't remember. Like 2020 has my timeline all messed up. But I know he was one of the more recent commencement speakers for their graduation. So So the fact that he was able to do that and to give back to other alums from his university, I think is just amazing. And the things that he did, even 
all of the movies that he's done. But of course, he's most well known for being T'Challa and playing Black Panther. And I think the way that he inspired not only children, but adults. Yeah. was freaking amazing. And he was sick. Nobody knew he was sick. Right. And that's the amazing part about it. I mean, he didn't, I I think he didn't want people to know. But if you look back on the movies that he came out with since his diagnosis, so that was what, Black Panther, The Five Bloods, um, what else? Marshall. So 21 Bridges. Yeah. So like all of these. And all those Avengers movies. I didn't realize. I'm not a Marvel movie watcher i only went we, to black panther because it was no, black we, we got to get you up to speed on Mm-mm, that i'm like, okay don't, don't well, admit Colin that bridges wasn't a marvel movie and of course the five bloods wasn't no no but, i'm saying in addition to oh i'm sorry i'm a yeah my apologies don't do it kb don't do it my apologies she love to do that she love to try to correct Jesus. the fact that oh my god but the <laughs> fact that he had like stage three stage four cancer and he pushed through that and yeah. still provided like these quality movies and entertainment and i'm really sad because it's like remember when we all got dressed up and we went to go see mm-hmm. the movie Yes. we need to post that yeah we got dressed up, like we really got dressed up to go see the movie but i'm thinking about like the pride that all these little black boys especially had in getting dressed up and going to see someone that looks like them and giving them a better example of you know there's another way that you could be like you are royalty you can walk yeah. in your blackness and yeah. and just like you said and i feel like it portrayed us in such a way, right? Like, I think yes. he gave us another way to look at ourselves and to remember, because we always talk about our history starting from slavery, but right. he gave you a way to look at when we were kings and queens in Africa. Yes. Like, to me, that's where that came from. So it's like, let's not stop at slavery for the you know, right. United States of America. Let's go back. But like right. you guys said, that body of work is amazing. I did not know that folks had, you know, seen pictures of him recently and were making comments and mm-hmm. jokes and they didn't even know what's going on. I missed all of that because I'm kind of like, you yeah. should be on social media. Like I just started getting into Twitter and boy, boy, I, yeah. I see how people get in fights on Twitter. But anyway, you know, I didn't know all of those things were happening, but I do. I wonder if people feel bad because, again, you they never know bad. what somebody is going through. Exactly. And it's crazy. And like you say, he pushed through and pushed all of that body of workout since 2016. Yep. And, and that's amazing to me. Like, yep. that's nothing and but God. He nothing. also went to visit the kids at the St. Jude Center. So there's actually an interview of when they were doing the rounds for Black Panther and he was talking about it. And he broke down crying. So now... Wow. For sense as to why, because, you know, he took the time out to go visit those kids and he was going through the exact same thing as them. So yeah. shout out to him and his family. And we send our condolences like this one really hurts. I'm actually pretty proud of myself for not crying. Like I cried earlier this morning. Yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah. a hard one. Yeah. What you said uh, on that thing? You said F twenty twenty. Yeah, I said God. Fuck twenty twenty. Like this year well, is the worst. That hard. Yeah. No. No. Suge did it for did. all of us. Yeah. And you know what? I'm seeing the same sentiment like on Twitter. Like people are like, "Dang, twenty 2020. And I was thinking twenty twenty also had a lot of meaning, but I don't know. I, I, it still does have meaning to it. We thought some movement was happening. We 
see that the same thing is still happening with killing us. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. So are we going to congratulate Marcus Houston on his wedding or not? Nope. Uh, I'll congratulate. Like I'll, because I feel like I have personal ties to the story. Because Marcus Houston was like one of my first loves. Like you couldn't tell me no, that I, I was do, not. One... I don't think it's no personal oh, connection. You, no, like you could not <laughs> tell me I was not going to marry that boy. You couldn't tell me, but I mean, you too old. You don't congratulate. Apparently, right? I'm like his age. I'm like this girl wasn't even alive to understand what "go home, Roger" means. Like she didn't see immature in their heyday. She didn't see House Party Three. Like she wouldn't get any of the references because she was not a thought in anybody's mind. When but maybe was maybe he has a little thing about his age, right? Like I just literally found out about someone else who has a thing about their age and kind of didn't tell the truth about their age. So maybe he has a thing about his age. I don't know. Yeah, but what does that have to do with him marrying a nineteen-year-old? He's thirty-eight. But I mean, I'm not excusing it because I think it should be the same way when a woman does it. Like some things are just a little ridiculous. Like but a to little be ridiculous. Honest, that whole Christos camp, like there's just something very weird with that whole camp. Like the whole him molesting um, members of B2K. Do you really think, do it? Do they really think he did it? He said. I, yeah, because Rasby and Quentin Tarver both came out and said that it was true. Who's the it, second person you just named? Quindon. So Quindon was a young artist. Like if you go back and watch Romeo and Juliet. Like the Romeo and Juliet that had oh, Claire Danes. Yeah, that had Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. So he was the choir boy. He was the one that was singing when doves cry. Oh, I love so, that. KB goes to Google because she still doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> anyway, great any, anyway, so Quindon was this really talented young singer under the Chris Stokes umbrella. Like he was... He got next. So it was immature. Then it was Quentin. Quentin had a couple of singles that did okay. And he just disappeared. So Chris Stokes has this history of investing in these groups of young boy girls. Boy bands. Yeah. Well, even he had girls. 7th Streeter was a part of that. Oh, um, yeah. I forgot. Then Janae, Janae Aiko, she was a part of that crew because they were trying to say that she was Little Fizz's cousin from B2K. So he's been around a lot of talented individuals. Like he even had start up with Brandy Career starting up. He used to be her manager. Um, they even had ties to Beyonce and Destiny's Child before they blew up like that. So he has put a lot of people onto the scene and people don't realize it, but there's been something very weird happening in that camp because those groups or those kids never really blew up until they got away from that umbrella. But the fact that this grown-ass man married this 19-year-old, well, I won't say she's a girl, but she's a very young woman who probably doesn't know herself yet. They said that, you know, after she turned 18, they had been dating for five months and then they got engaged. But Chris Stokes entered... No, Chris Stokes introduced the two of them. So, I mean, it just kind of seems like maybe she had been groomed because I also heard that she was a teenage runaway. So now you're a teenage runaway. Oh, she got problems. Oh, he married somebody with issues. Get Next story. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's very deep if you you do the research. But anyway, speaking of Brandy, who y'all got for this Brandy Monica versus? Be Monica. 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 Thank you, Katie. Let me tell you something. Monica got soul. I'm, I'm going to do 
bag with got soul. Really? Is that what you're doing? Reference? I'm so sorry. Jimmy got soul. Shout out. Shout out to Jimmy. I thought you were doing Jimmy got soul from exactly. Oh no, Jimmy I was. Soul. Oh, I tried to mix it with James Brown. <laughs> what you? What's, what's in the cup, KB? What you drink? It is only hard. tea, but I probably should put something else in it. No, no, nope. it's, it's too early. Wait, that is Jimmy. Oh, that that is yeah, Eddie Murphy. Spring Girl, oh, Eddie Murphy. Okay, so sorry. Keep it moving. Wait. Oh no, no, no. Wait. Is the producer trying to get on it? Monica can't go hit for hit with Brandy. Thank you. Listen. Okay, <laughs> I'll give it to Where you. Where are you? Where are you Brandy, guys come from? Brandy has the hits. The but Monica world. got the voice. Monica, Monica got the voice. Monica got the voice. Monica got hits too. What are you talking Monica about? She don't Monica, have hits. Monica got more she, hits than Brandy. She don't more have hits like Brandy. She don't have hits like Brandy though. Um, like Broken Hearted. Come on, Broken Hearted. You we gotta give it to her. We're gonna put it out on, for the for the social media. Don't worry about it. We'll show you the number one hits versus number one hits. That's all I'm gonna say. Moving right along because we got the te- <laughs> we got to show the co-producer and we got to show L. Don't worry Don't about it. Show me nothing. Y'all ain't got to show me nothing. Oh, no, no. We're going to show you because you like to I be need, right. We're going to show you. I got to find my church shoes this weekend. I need my Monica before you walk out of my life church shoes to wear to the versus battle. That's oh, it. Gosh. This thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm here for it. Okay. So after Jacob Blake was shot, he's still paralyzed. There has been a lot of unrest in the country and sports everywhere from this 17 year old white boy being driven from Illinois to Wisconsin by his mother mm-hmm. with a rifle mm-hmm. to shoot these innocent people. people to shoot these people so yep. that's the first thing the second thing of course is that the police union is trying to back the police officers and what they're trying to say is, is that they were called because he was involved in a domestic dispute. And they're trying to say that he had an open warrant for felony sexual assault. So Wait, they're what? saying about Jacob Blake. I don't know if this is true, but this is what the police. I did hear that. Yes. Right. So this one. is what the police union is saying. So that these officers, when they went on the scene, they already had this background about Mr. Blake. How did it happen? Because this was a fight that was called because two women were fighting. Right. See, that's what so, I'm saying. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they knew who he was yet. I don't mm-hmm. think they knew who he was yet. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not saying that the police union is right, but this is... Hell no. I, F the police. Now, you're talking about F-2020, F the police unions. Okay. okay. W-A. <laughs> Can we get a song instead of F the police? We need a 2020 F the police unions. You know what? You the DJ and you make music. Yo. I think, wait, do you remember the song we did for Thanksgiving? What? <laughs> and listen, there's this Philly artist that sends me his music. I might need to hit him up in the DMs. I need you to do something around this F, yeah, young I kind of need him to um, come through on the F the police unions. I think you should write the lyrics and maybe he can do the music. That might, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to rhyme, though. I'm going to be honest with so, you. But you can still perform the song. Like, you all can do a duet together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, but the union is trying to say that they received a call saying that he was involved in a domestic dispute. They knew that he had a warrant out for his arrest. And that they, ta- they tried to taste him twice, and that didn't work. 
And then they tried to physically restrain him and that didn't work. So when he made it to his car, which I think that is when we saw the video happening, you know, they pulled on his shirt and he escaped their grasp and he was going into his car for a knife. And then that's when they shot him. However, I have not heard the recovery of a knife or a gun or any type of weapon. Right. But then again, that doesn't make sense either because, okay, even if he's going for a knife, you have guns. So that's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. And what was he going to do that y'all couldn't have done faster? Thank you. And you still have taser guns. Nothing is making sense to me. And if I see these other videos of white privilege at its finest of interacting with the police, you still not going to tell me nothing. Well, case in point, this 17 year old from Illinois, like he walked past the police officers after he killed two people. And, and they didn't flinch. Were, and nobody, they didn't flinch. They let him walk right by them. And, and people are I, yelling, he killed two people. He shot also, people. Yeah. And also, you don't even question him. You tell him to go ahead. Here's the yeah. thing. So this dude is 17 years old. Let's not forget, Trayvon Martin was also 17 years sure old. was. And I'm also tired of people throwing up those photos of, oh, he was cleaning up graffiti. I don't give a shit. Trayvon was at astronaut camp. But, you know, y'all completely threw that narrative out of the window. Y'all painted this young man as a thug and mm-hmm. that, oh, he did drugs and he did blah, 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 blah. This 17-year-old fool crossed straight li- state lines, had his, his mother husband? drive him across mm-hmm. straight lines. He shouldn't have had a gun in the first place, killed two people, injured another one. And people like there are Christian groups who are actually collecting money and donations to get this thug, this let's call it what it is, this terrorist mm-hmm. out of jail. Right? How is that fair? How is that right? All because he's white. And I haven't forgotten that Dylan Roof went and shot up those people in that church, mm-hmm. and the police took him to fucking Burger King. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's a double standard. That's the point blank period. Standard. But I. I I shouldn't say this because it's not a it's not a lie on my Christian values. Then don't say it. Say that let's, shit. Say let's, it. Let's, let's just see. She has my back every time. But no. here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this nice. The devil on your shoulder. I'm it the, is the devil. Okay. Say it. I'm but but well, here's what I'm going to say. Can you can you adjust it? Can you edit? Yeah, it? I'm, I'm I'm adjusting it in my head right now. Okay. okay. What I will say is, when it comes to this 17 year old animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to see some true justice. And when I say true justice, I'm okay with it not being the courts. That's all. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Let's go. Okay. Those thoughts are only shared by KB. So <laughs> just want to put that out there. So, but in all seriousness, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. was basically like FEO game three of this NBA postseason you know, battle. Yes, ma'am. But but are we really surprised about the Milwaukee Bucks? Like the NBA period. Let's well, just... So I was so I was pleasantly surprised by the Milwaukee Bucks because they basically were like F your game. But the <laughs> thing is I'm not surprised. The, what it is, is is it I heard a statistic, I'm not sure if I haven't fact checked. Mm-hmm. What seventy eight percent of the NBA is black? Yeah, like, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, around that number. I believe that. Absolutely. I love the NBA because they have been able to do what the NFL and the rest of these teams have not been able to do. Correct. And when it shows you about numbers and who runs certain things. Now, we're not the coaches and presidents in all of those cases, but they at least let their players 
speak for themselves. And they support them. And they support them. LeBron right. James, if I don't say nothing, I can't talk on his career, right? Because I don't really follow him when it comes to basketball. But when it comes to his activism, yes, stand-up guy. Yes, very true. So Milwaukee, hallelujah. Yes. And, and y'all and saw what the, the WNBA did? Yes. That did one, you see those, those shirts? shirts? Oh, yep. my God. That was so hard. I was, was like, hard that's the type of protest. Oh, but again, summer. that's Black women on the front line. Exactly. You didn't see the NW, You didn't see the NBA or the NFL doing anything like that. Again, it was women who were women calling, who were bringing people to the carpet and calling them out. Exactly. Call a thing a thing. Who say that on this podcast? Why don't y'all say, oh, yeah. When I saw those women walk through, and I mean all of them, all mm-hmm. colors, mm-hmm. I was amazed. I was excited. And y'all know I'm not really into the whole women's movement. I've said that before. I'm into the black movement first. But when I say that that right there is yeah. what I expect to see. And it was so funny because we had a conversation at work about this with our um, African ancestry group that's mm. across our company. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, since we're not getting movement, can we partner with the women's organization? Mm-hmm. And I had a pause there. Cause I'm like, if they wanted to do something, they would have already done it with us. You know, not because necessarily- we normally as marginalized groups all gather together, but that display that the WNBA did. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want to see. But the thing thing is, it's another example, I feel like, of women, and in particular, Black women, sort of setting the standard, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We do do that, though. We do do that. And then everybody else follows. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just, you know, happy that people are really doing things. And when you think about it, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the day that the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted Game 3, was the four-year anniversary of the first time that Colin took a knee. Yeah, I did see that as a reference. Yeah, and four years later, Yeah, if people had to listen to Colin then, would we be where we are now? No. Well, you know what? It might look different. We may still be here, but it might look different. But when you talk about surprise, pleasantly surprised, Mm -hmm. I will say what was pleasantly surprising for me is the Mm -hmm. NFL. And I'm not going to say all teams. So... Mm -hmm. You guys might have seen Detroit Lions kicked it off with, you know, not holding practice. And the coach was even like, I I knew that the hearts were heavy and we needed to have a conversation. So I felt like we're going to have this conversation instead of having practice. Mm -hmm. Now that to me was surprising. I'm not as surprised about the NBA and the WNBA, although it's a pleasant look. I, I love it. What was surprising to me was the NFL because we know how racist that organization truly is at the higher up and the higher levels. So the Detroit Lions to do what they did and then a few teams to follow suit, Indianapolis Colts, New York Jets, Tennessee Titans, and the Arizona Cardinals. Like to see all of those and even Denver Broncos, like to see all of those teams join in and do some of the similar things, like it's other things happening. So for me, that was the pleasant surprise to see the NFL. And I know we saw baseball teams doing the same thing. So in, in tennis, and it was just in, in oh, the NHL athletics, mm-hmm. athletics, period, right? So I think that was, to me, amazing because we're going to still sit up here and act like nothing is happening. Something is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we all saw, I know I didn't watch all four nights. 
I'm going to be perfectly honest. I didn't watch any of it. How about that? For the DNC? I ain't watched none of it. I don't, oh, I did. I don't want to hear nothing from Democrats. I don't want to hear nothing from Republicans. I'm tired. Mm. I feel like they're all liars. Like, what are we going to do differently? Like, all of this talk or whatever. And then also, too, I'm going to hold all of us accountable. Like, people get out and vote. Our life matters. Like, our life really depends on this. Future generations depends on this. So I'm like, I'm at the point where I don't even care who you go out and vote for. I just need you to go out and vote. No, no, no. Numbers, I care who you go No, but the like numbers, you- the numbers from the last election of the people who just sat it out, like there's no way that Trump would have been voted in if everybody would have got their asses off of their couch and went out and voted. What, well, that's why we need people to go out and vote before the right thing. So I agree with you. Like for me, the RNC, I did not watch I could not watch because I couldn't watch, as our co-producer says, the Live Fest 2020. I couldn't watch that. Like, I already knew, like, I saw clips, of course, like them spewing the, the fear. And I even think, like, you can't even really do that these days because you've gotten called out for the fear mongering, like, so much. Why would you even go that route? Because they don't care. Because okay. nobody's holding them accountable. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we see that they're blatantly lying, but what's being done about it? And I'm like, you know, as much shit comes out about Trump, nothing has been able to stick. Like Congress has put this man or, you know, there's been investigations into him and all of that and nothing has stuck. And I'm like, how is this possible? Bill Clinton lied about having a relationship with Monica Lewinsky and they were ready to hang him. Ready to hang him. This mofo stole a whole election and here we are. Like, we're considering him being president for a second term. How is that possible? Listen, well, not us. Yeah. But no, yeah, not us. But, but even people. still, Obama you- wore a tan suit and people lost their minds. I'm like, <laughs> he, he wore a suit and people were ready to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's right. just like, how? But, but you know what, too, I think just in all, like you said, the laws that he's breaking, the things that he's been able to do. I just really thought that was amazing. So I, I was actually watching last night. Um, I don't know if you guys have been like following these guys, the Project Lincoln, or, um, the Pro- Lincoln Project, sorry. No, but I've heard mm-hmm. about it. Oh my that? gosh. When I say amazing, so this is a group of Republicans mm-hmm. who are like ready to get Trump out. And when I tell you, they do a better job in the Biden campaign, okay? And just calling a thing a thing, as Elle would say. And they did an analysis. They had two guys on. One, I guess, had worked on the campaign, one of the Republican campaigns, and another guy was like a communication specialist. He's also a Republican, but he said he's never been a Trumper. So he didn't even vote for Trump in 2016. Okay. Asian guy. And they sat down and really talked the talk. And it's so funny because we always say how much we are a minority, but they really called out how many Black people sat down last election. Yes, exactly. How, like you just said, Suge, he wouldn't be here had they, they not had they shown up. So it's so funny because you know we like to kind of think that we're not that important. We but are clearly powerful. We super important because we win elections for people. And they yes. dumb, dumb white folks said on that call yesterday, you need to have them come out because if you don't have the minority vote, the minority vote would carry this thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really amazing to have that analysis you know, kind of spoken? Because I I also thought, well, yes, we know the Black vote wasn't there and it could have carried Hillary. But to that extent, like, no, you need this group. So 
I just thought that the biggest difference to me for the DNC and the RNC definitely hate, you know, spilled all through RNC, you know, just a lot of lies, a lot of kind of, you know, really stretching the truth. Whereas I felt like the DNC spoke to Biden's personality and him caring because we know we have a current number 45 who cares nothing about no one but his family. And, and that's only a couple of them. Well, no, no, no. The only two people he cares about are Donald J. Trump himself and Ivanka Trump. That's it. I'm going to say Ivanka got to be in that number. Ivanka, that's only two people he cares yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I but only care so. about Malaya sometimes. You think no, about he don't care about her. Okay. He doesn't. But I just thought DNC was done really well. I thought like, you know, I don't know. I just, I love the flow. I love the conversations. We all know Michelle Obama took it away. Oh, yeah. She showed up and showed out with her words and Black was women. really direct. <laughs> you know, everybody commented how President Obama for the first time was super direct about someone, you know, he kind of always plays this real, you know, strategic. He put it out there. He put it, he put it out there. So let me make it clear. Let me me make it super clear. He can forever be broke. When he said, (laughs) I thought that he was going to step up to the plate and actually take the job seriously. That was it for me. Right. That was it for me. Right. So I just, I, I enjoyed what the DNC did. I think that they showed up the way that they need to show up and the RNC was a shit show. That's well, what it was. And the thing is, there are some people who spoke and I feel like when it comes to the minorities that the RNC used to speak, like, of course they use Nikki Haley, who is a former governor in South Carolina. Now she's a UN ambassador. And in one breath, she talked about how racism in this country really isn't a thing. But then she talked about how her family experienced racism when her family first moved here from India. So it's like, girl, pick a side. Either America is racist or it's not. All right, racism is real or it isn't. Like, you can't have it both ways. So, girl, that's a clown. Wait, wait. Let's talk about who was noticeably absent from the RNC, though. What what happened Ooh. to Candace Owens? Like, when when she the oh, yeah, she was the poster black girl. Well, they and got that Baltimore chick now. They what got that new. They got the new Baltimore chick. They so got it's new, like exactly. They got a new girl. Right. So it's like Candace. How you feel? But what about the clown from the governor? The governor uh, is he? No, he's not Illinois? a governor. The one in Georgia, the black guy that oh. they got to say how he's been a lifelong Democrat. Y'all don't remember? I don't know his name. Oh, Vernon Jones. Yes. Where they found that? Where they found that fool from? Girl, somewhere. So since you brought him up, I have a quote that he said during the convention. Mm -hmm. So he said the Democratic Party does not want black people to leave their mental plantation and praise Trump for his support of historically black colleges and universities and for criminal justice reform. So let me say this. The only reason why he is doing this, black people, is to try to get your vote. Don't believe the hype. But he's not the one that really did that HBCU thing, and it's still underfunded. It's still not equal to what they're giving these PWIs. What has he done? Please break it down for me. He's giving money. He's he is giving money. But it wasn't his idea. It wasn't his. It wasn't his idea. Number one. Also, number two. History shows that HBCUs actually do, do better better financially under, under a Republican re- administration. 
So that's not new. But also, don't believe the hype. Also, I'm uh, very happy to hear that he and that incompetent woman at the Department of Education have also not eliminated student loan payments until 2021. That's great. That's amazing. And it's, but you know what? It's not for everybody. You're not getting my bro. For you. But L, and it's not for everybody. Y'all know I called my uh my oh, my yeah. student loan office. It did not apply for me. Really? So whatever. This is a different one from what they did from oh, March. I need to look. Yes. So don't be fooled again. See? Thank you, KB. Okay, let me put that out for the world. Call your student loan officers. There is a difference. I would have had to do a different type of loan. Like like you said, pandering is hell to try to get votes. The shit is not the same that they did originally. So don't be fooled by it. You still ain't going to get my vote. And guess what? Let's continue on. Now, what I do want to see Biden do is some real stuff. And I think because he has Kamala, who came from an HBCU, yeah. we might actually see some shit happen. She's going to get it yeah. done. We yeah, might see some shit happen this time. She is. So one thing, one last comment I have, I want to make about the RNC and then we can move on. So this woman, I can't remember her name. I have to look it up. But I shared on my Facebook page that she has an adopted son who was biracial, was <sighs> black and white. <sighs> and she made the statement previously before the RNC. She spoke there. I don't know what she said because I don't care. But she was recorded as saying that because she has a biracial son who may grow up to be big and black and intimidating, that the police have a right to racially profile, racially him. profile him based on his race. And that she's going to have a different conversation with Jude, her black son, than she is with her white nerdy sons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all. But she called him white nerdy. Did you hear that? Yes. Oh my gosh. But those are the, those are the kids who are out going out killing sitting here. people though. Those white nerdy kids are the ones picking up these guns, guns and shooting, yep. shooting up. Yep. So my thing is, I'm just like, first of all, what agency approved her to adopt this little boy and any other children she has in her home? Number two, wherever she lives, I hope that CPS... Department of Children and Families, whatever it's called, social services, does a thorough check in her house to see what well check ASAP. Because there is no way in hell I would ever, 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 ever okay the police profiling a child of mine, a cousin of mine, a friend of mine, a brother of mine, a father of mine. Nothing. There's no excuse for that. And that's all I have to say. That lets you know that she thought it was trendy to have, oh, look, I have a black son. I'm not racist. I have a black son. Mm-hmm. But she and just crazy, threw him under the bus. And, and, that, and the crazy thing is, is that people agree with her. Like yeah. all these Republicans and all these supporters of Trump are like, oh, that's great. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. And listen, and guess what? You know who else had a black son and a black daughter? Them plantation owners. They had them too. Thomas Jefferson. But let's, we can keep that. But one thing I want us to not, you know, miss this whole point with the RNC and the DNC. I know, again, I'm, I'm going to bring up Project Lincoln group. They had made this comment that, you know, a lot of people are moving away from the Republican Party as it is today and willing to vote for Biden. I think that we can't be so comfortable with that statistic that we still have to get out because guess what? There are still gaining new people. And I'm going to tell you an example. I had a classmate from high school 
last week or, you know, make a comment around how her eyes have been open <laughs> to now wanting to vote for Trump. She didn't vote for Trump in 2016. She didn't want to vote for uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. So I don't know if she just didn't vote at all. But this Karen literally said that. And when you saw all of these co-signs on the Facebook of her, you know, saying that it was two other classmates that I saw, I happily blocked and deleted them because Mm -hmm. we cannot think that no one is not, you know, watching the RNC and saying, you know what, I will vote for him. Even though he's doing this fear mongering, even though he's, you know, doing all of these things. They even had a black lady who said she didn't even know she was going to be a part of the RNC. They tricked her. So there's all these things happening. Let's not think that he is not gaining people too with this kind of talk. Because when people feel like they're going to lose their white privilege for some kind of reason by voting for someone else, listen, that is a thing. And we have to remember white women are the reason he's in office. Let's be clear about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. They voted for him. Project Lincoln brought that up. D- let's not be fooled. He is in office because of white women. And that's why I said hashtag grab him by the pussy. Mm-hmm. And they still voted for him. Okay. <laughs> did you just drop the mic, KB? She did. I really did. She did. She, did. <laughs> she turned around in that chair like, and I'm done. Right. <laughs> and that's why I think I have such a problem with the women movement. Because it's really just about white women. Yes. To me. So it that's is. why I think I have such an issue because we know what they have done. They are the reason why Emmett Till is dead. We know, like, this is countless examples as to their impact and their involvement in why Black people even die. So okay. I... I, I can't be all the way there. So I was happy with the uh, WNBA, but again, let's not be fooled by this shit. People are still joining him, and so we still need to be out on the forefront. True. So thinking about the March on Washington that happened, and they had a number of speakers who appeared. First of all, before we get into it, I know everybody had on masks. I know everyone had their temperature taken. But I was watching all the attendees. Did they really? I don't believe yeah, that. Well, well Trump, Trump speech, they ain't do none of that. So keep I don't moving. believe that. Right. So, so they, no, they took their temperatures. I saw pictures. Mm-hmm. However, I just want to Everybody? say. Okay. Well, listen, they were supposed to. That's shut what they up, said. Shug. So, it, Shug, I'm just telling you what the people reported. Okay? okay, I'm gonna shut up. All right, go ahead. I wasn't there. I just saw photos. And when I was watching it, because I was also trying to multitask, I was nervous as hell because these people were not social distancing. Mm-mm. And I'm like, I know y'all got your temperature taken and all that good stuff and you had on masks, but six feet, motherfucker, six feet. Spray out both arms. That's how far you need to be away from me. So while I was watching it, I was nervous. And then as it got later in the day and more people spoke, the more people ended up on the stage. And I'm just like, I'm so confused right now. Like, y'all, I don't understand. But in any event, did y'all watch any of it? Did y'all watch it? No. I didn't. Oh, okay then. Well, I'll share some. But I knew the team was watching, so I just (laughs) went with that. (laughs) Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Nope. 
So I'll, I'll share some tidbits from what I saw and then some quotes and things that people said. And if you all want to add anything, feel free. <laughs> I'm just going to add you did a great job. Go. <laughs> so one thing that stood out to me was a statement that was made by Jacob Blake's sister, Leticia Widman. And she said, we will not be a footstool to oppression. Black America, I hold you accountable. You must stand, you must fight, but not with violence and chaos. So I thought that was a very powerful statement. Additionally, they had Yolanda Renee King, who Mm -hmm. is the only granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr. speak before her father, Martin III, spoke. And that little girl gave me chills. How old is she? She can't be more than like 10 or 11. Oh. She's a young girl. She's a baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's the granddaughter of... Yes. Yes. Because none of his children had children. Yeah. Like Martin the third, like, I'm trying to think. So Yolanda never had children, like the oldest daughter, and she passed oh. away a few years mm-hmm. ago. Martin the third didn't get married until within Sister? the last 10, 15, 10, 15 years. Oh. So yeah. And okay, then sorry. Dexter never got wait. Is Dexter? No, Bernice is next. Bernice has never been married. Oh, I didn't know this. And I don't think Dexter's married with his little fine self. I'm sorry, I probably wasn't supposed to say that. But Dexter King is fine. Okay? So So inappropriate. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But yeah, I think that Martin III is the only one that has children. You think nobody felt like they could stand next to them? Like, that's why they couldn't get, like, a partner? Like, okay, anyway, that's another episode. Right, I was about to say, we can can break down a whole... Dexter King, if you are still single and listening to this podcast, I am single and available, okay? Are you throwing your vagina over the podcast? I'm not throwing my vagina. (laughs) MLK son, though. (laughs) Nope. If he wants a partner, I am not intimidated by the King name and the King legacy. (laughs) I'll stand on that dick. Let's go. (laughs) See, I'm not even talking about that. That's y'all. y'all Going out to march for that dick. <laughs> y'all take it. I'll march for that dick. <laughs> I can't say. I'll riot for that dick. Oh, oh that is a song. I think we got some lyrics here. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Okay, we're we're back serious. So Let sorry. Freedom ring for that dick. <laughs> oh lord. No. I get arrested for that dick. No, I ain't gonna get arrested for that dick because look, Master P said you ain't real if you don't stay next to that dick during the whole thing. Okay, that's another episode. Go. Y'all finished? Are you done? I'm done. I think. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. So, in any event, I was saying all that to say Yolanda Renee King did an amazing job with her speech. And Kamala Harris, they played a video from her. They played a video from, oh gosh, what's that woman's name? Is it Jack? It's not Jackie Reed. I can't remember. She's on MSNBC, but she introduced Al Sharpton, who was also there. And of course he spoke. They had other clergy people. They had um, a pastor from a church in Virginia who sort of leads this coalition of white parishioners, white Christians who are in favor of standing up against police brutality and Black Lives Matter. So it was a very long program i'm glad i did not go i'm glad i watched it in the comfort of my home but it was just you know interesting to see the people that were there like trayvon uh martin's mother was there she spoke as well so oh and bb wine is saying first of all bb wine looks amazing bb i can't like he done slimmed down 
he got some gray, you know, he got some snow on his dome and in his beard, but, and he's still talented. His voice is amazing. So I'm sure if you want to go back and see clips or whatnot, they're all on YouTube and different outlets. So if you have some, some time within the next few days, I highly suggest that you all go watch it. I'm definitely going to do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's all I got from the March. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the report. No problem. So I'm very happy to report for our dope gifted in black segment. First of all, who likes money? Everybody likes money, right? Of course. What? Right. Who I like doesn't? to have money in the bank. I like to save it up. All that good stuff. So two black-led banks just merged to form a one billion, and that's billion with a B, lender. So City First Bank in Washington, D.C. and Broadway Financial Corporation in Los Angeles announced that they have entered into a transformational merger of equals agreement to create the largest Black-led bank in the nation with more than $1 billion in combined assets under management and approximately $850 million in total depository institution assets. Combining the two institutions will increase their collective commercial lending capacity for investments in multifamily affordable housing, small businesses, and nonprofit development in financially underserved urban areas while creating a national platform for impact investors. So kudos to them. I'm very excited. Maybe we need to look into opening an account with them. I'm a fan. I agree. I love it. I'll do that this weekend. Let's go. Yeah. Wonderful. I know that I mentioned earlier sweatpants season and been really super excited. I just want all of the listeners to know that we have some new merch coming to the forefront that we are stoked about. So just please stay tuned. You'll see more information about it and even a special episode by signing up for our Patreon account um, about sweatpants season and what we got cooking. So just continue to follow us on all of our platforms to hear more but again, new merch coming in. Ladies, we need you out here representing because, listen, we want to see some things this, this season because the, fall, the summer was not a hot girl summer. It and was, so therefore, it. we need to make up for this fall coronavirus and all and also social distancing while we look at some great prints. Okay? Okay. Got sweats? <laughs> so ladies, this is a great episode, right? We talked about a lot of stuff. Super heavy, but we added some laughs in too. You yeah. gotta laugh sometimes when all this, all the negativity, you gotta find like that rainbow in the sun, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to laugh to keep from crying sometimes. Right.